what do you think of as you're approaching the ramp in the air? What's the thought process? So the thought process as you're coming into the ramp, you first off, you hopefully have your trick planned out prior to it. Welcome back to the Snowbling Podcast. This is your host, Gordon Van. Today's episode is with Levi and Kirsten Lavalley. Levi is taking part in a freestyle show in Whitecourt, Alberta during the World Snowbill Invasion in Whitecourt, Alberta. Co-hosting with me today is Snowbear Television's host, Phil Moto. Phil, what do you uh, take out of this uh, interview with uh, Levi? You know, we, we all knew that Levi was an incredible racer and incredible snowmobiler. Uh, what we found out was what an incredible couple they make and uh, what incredible people they were to sit down and talk to. Great business people, great showmanship, and uh, really just genuine people to sit down and talk to. It was a great conversation. Yeah, Levi was uh, very open with his uh, with his racing career from from his start, from his childhood uh, in his uh, early uh, early days, uh, racing as a 12-year-old junior uh, and progressing into the semi-pro and then it, as the racing as a pro, uh, special events uh, like the X Games and the the uh, the jump that he did, the long jump that he did in uh, San Diego, he talks about that and uh, uh, his thoughts on that. And, uh, and now 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 a team owner. And with all his accomplishments, he is so genuine in just taking time out for any fan that wants to sit there and talk. He's got all the time in the world for all the fans. It just shows how truly a good person he is because he understands that the fans made him who he is. Yeah, at the uh, freestyle show tonight, uh, he stayed till the last fan was out of that stadium signing autographs and uh, and shirts and everything. And uh, uh, we, 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 we witnessed that and uh, we, we thought to ourselves, you know, this is a, this is a guy that gets it. He, uh, he, works, uh, he works hard for his sponsors. And um, you know he's he's going to do well uh, in his uh, career as a as a race team manager now. So here we are, Levi Lavalley and Kirsten Lavalley. Levi, how you doing? I'm doing well, doing well. Excited to be up here. You know, it's uh, this is the first time I've been able to ride since X Games when I bruised my heels. And um, you know, we just finished up practice, and and you know things went really well. So I'm excited that uh, I didn't have any issues there, and hopefully we can make it through. Uh, the rest of the weekend with no uh, no flaws. You're feeling good? Yeah, everything felt good. I was I was very excited. You know, I hit the jump first time, didn't notice my heels at all, and um, you know they've got a great landing here, great setup. So that you know I was I'm grateful that that uh, they have a good setup for us, and and you know hopefully we can put on a great show this weekend. So talk to us what uh, what, what what happened uh, at uh, X Games uh, <laughs> with uh, you were scheduled to race in all four events. And uh, you you did compete in the uh, or you you started to compete in the long jump and then you had uh, an incident with uh, with your sled. Yeah, it was a tough one. I had uh, I, I we we competed in speed and style the day before on Thursday and then Friday uh, long jump was scheduled and we went out we did practice and everything was going fine and then we had two practice jumps right before the event started and you know I did my first jump went to go to do my second one. And as I came into the ramp, I was about 20 feet from the ramp. It just, it went, whoa, and it started bogging. And I was like, oh, gosh, I burnt it down or I did something like that. So I backsided the landing, and the landing was pretty much all ice. You know, they had groomed it up a few days before, so it had a lot of time to set. So it was like concrete. And when I landed, I uh, bruised both my heels. And uh, it was uh, it was a tough one, you know, because I... Uh, you know, it was a, it was something that I, I really didn't have any control of. So we ended up bringing the sled in. The guy, my mechanic, was like, you know, he was wondering what was going on. And uh, come to find out, he we followed a spark plug, and that was the first time I followed a spark plug, uh, wide open throttle in my entire life on all of the different things that I've rode. First time that's happened. So 
it uh, you know kind of summed up our our weekend. It was just uh, bad bad luck uh, ridden. So you know we were fortunate though at the same time. You know we had that we had that adversity and at the same time. I didn't. Uh, it could have been a lot worse. You know I mean I could have been going twice as fast. You know competition time and if it would have cut out then it would have been a pretty uh, pretty ugly setup. So so for going bad, I'd say it went really well. Yeah. Okay, so let's go, let's go back. Uh, when did you start racing? I started racing snowmobiles when I was uh, 12 years old. I started doing cross country. Prior to that, I did some uh, radar runs. You know, they'd have local radar runs, and and I was like 10 years old, and I, you know, weighed 65 pounds probably. So my dad would be like, oh, yeah. He, everyone that was going fast, he's like, put Levi on it. He'll get another mile an hour or two out of it because he only weighs 50 pounds. You know. So I'm running everybody's sled. Everyone's 800s, and, and anyone that had a fast sled, I'd be out there ripping. And, you know, we were getting 110, 100, you know, we'd be going pretty quick. And um, that's kind of like, I, I don't consider that racing, but that was kind of the start of it. And then at 12, the cross-country racing started, and then we started doing uh, doing all that. And the cross-country series, they didn't have a junior class. So I had to run against all the adults. And I remember the first race, uh, dad and I went to, uh, we, we show up and, and the guy's like, okay, you know, sign up here. He's talking to my dad and he's like, okay, we'll sign up. And he's like, what do you mean we'll sign up? Like, what are you talking about? And he's like, well, me and, me and my son here. And he's like, well, he can't race. He's too small. And dad said, all right. And he's like, cause he knew the, the, the guy that ran the series, he, he was riding around on a sled and he had an XLT and I was on a 440 XCR and and my dad's like, all right, I'll tell you what. You take your 580, and you go out on the track, and Levi will follow you. And if he doesn't pass you or isn't right on your tail by the end of the first lap, we'll pack up our stuff and go home. And the guy's like, you know, he knew it was, it was an uphill battle with my dad. So he's like, all right, all right, have him sign it. We'll make a waiver. Have him sign it, and he can race this one time. So I raced uh, I raced against all the, all the adults, and I remember... Uh, I got second place against all of them, and the the guy that ran the series came up to me afterwards and he shook my hand. And he said, "You can race, so you can race with us whenever you want." He said. So, how many years did you do cross country then? So, I did cross country for uh, 12, 13, 14, for four years. I did, and then when I turned uh, 15, is you know we did our first snowcross race when I was 14, and I did three races that year, and then when I was 15, I probably did six maybe snowcross races and then the next year we went full snowcross and what year was that what sled were you on uh in 90 the year i went full snowcross was the first year of the edge chassis so i was on the it was still an xcr 440 at that time um but it was looking back it was kind of funny because we did we did a few snowcross races in 98 and uh i remember i was winning I was winning, um, you know, quite a few of the junior classes, and at the end of the year at Lake Geneva, uh, we're like, we decided, like, yeah, let's try a sport sport class, see how it goes, because I was kind of like what the plan was for the next year. So I went and did sport, and I remember I was in the three sport classes back then. They had 440, 600, and open, and in the three of them, I. Uh, I, I realized right away that the sport class was a lot more ramrod than than the uh, junior classes because I made it in two of the races. I got taken out in the first turn, 
and then in the the one that I made it through, made it in the final, I won. I won the uh, won the whole deal. But the other ones, you know, it was, I mean, you come into the corner and you're just like, oh, and someone would come in and clean you out. So that was like, if you could avoid that, you'd be in good shape. But but uh, the one race that I actually was able to race, uh, I ended up winning the final on that. So then, you know, Dad and I were talking on the way home, and he's like, well, well, you're already winning in sport. We might as well just go right to semi-pro then. I'm like, yeah, okay. So then we jumped up to semi-pro uh, in 99, and... And, um, you know, that was, looking back, that was kind of foolish because it took me uh, a long time to, to adapt to uh, riding that speed consistently and, and um, to do well and, or to have just the consistency, not only in the finals and stuff, but in the heat races. You know, you really had to get a good hole shot every time and you had to ride fast and I wasn't that consistent. So, I'm like, my, my results suffered. Uh, from that, you know, I ended up getting, I, I got second place at one of them, one of the races, but the rest of the year I struggled just to make finals, and I did that for about two years, 99 and 2000, you know, it was like, it was a tough task getting into the final, and then in 2001, I was making the finals pretty consistent, but I'd have to go through LCQ a lot, and in 2002, I, uh, I came out to Duluth the first race, and I, I uh, won the both semi-pro classes, and um, and went on to win a bunch of uh, a bunch of finals that season uh, before blowing my knee out with I there was two races to go I think I uh, tore up my knee and ended my season but but from that Polaris um, Polaris saw or, or thought like hey this is you know he's got talent he can ride so they ended up signing me on to the factory team. Uh, the following year, so in the 2002-2003 season, and, um, you know, and from there I've been on, you know, either a factory team or, or uh, you know, one of the factory support teams or now on my own team. Yeah. Okay, so let's, uh, I think everybody became aware of you when you were in the semi-pro, is, is you were the top semi-pro racer back then, um, and then you progressed up to the to the pro class. Not like you say, now you do have your own team. Talk to us about that about uh, running a race team it, it's a huge step and tell and your riders who who are your riders yeah i mean running uh run a race team is definitely a it's a huge task um you know right now we've got uh three three riders uh jake scott kyle Pauline, andy leaders and they're all in the pro pro open class and as well as as myself for x games and other things so it um it becomes very busy with that many riders you know it's uh uh, there's, you know, not only in the semi do you run into issues just having space because you always have three sleds, three mechanics, a crew chief, you know, the riders, there's so much, so many moving parts and, um, you know, that's where it, it was a little bit tough at first for me because you go from, when you're a racer, you know, it, you're, you have to be selfish. You have to think about like your own program. You're like, this is what I need to do to progress. I need to train, I need to ride, I need to eat right, and you have to be very structured and very uh, very strict with that. And, you know, and, and because of that, you know, and then on top of that, you're always looking for, like, okay, I need to do this better, I need to, you know, you're doing all these different things. So you, you end up being, you know, like I said, you become a little bit um, selfish with your time and, and whatnot because you need to do these things to, to get to the next level. And when I started the team, all of a sudden it went from, you know, like 
focusing all on, on your own program to focusing on all these people and making sure everybody's good between the mechanics, the riders, the you know, all the different elements. And then it like it really slapped me in the face like, Wow, you know, now instead of like worrying about me, I've all be all of a sudden become a parent of of this whole team, you know, and I gotta make sure that all these guys are doing these things. And that's that was very tough at first, and you know that's when my wife Kristen, my now wife Kristen, um, she started working for the team, and uh, she was a huge, huge help for for me because it was so much, you know, booking hotels and figuring out uh, figuring out all the details of all the the little things, you know, it just consumed so much of your time, and I'm trying to race at the same time, and you know that's what was, you know, we made it through two races. Where I was like running the show, and I'm like, "You, Kristen, you have to come and work for us because I'm losing it right now." And so she came on board and and was you know made sure everything got handled because it was a struggle for that first little bit. Okay, what's it like for the two of you working together? How do you share the duties and spend the day? Yeah, I mean it, it's it works really well. You know, any of the uh, like the, the the lodging, the travel, any of the day-to-day, you know, you get a lot of uh, different requests, media requests. The um, uh, she, She's a graphic designer as well, so she does a lot of our graphic design stuff with her, the sleds, the, the gear, the you know, a lot of these different things she handles, and, um, you know, which opens my my schedule up to do what I need to the practice and working with the riders and the mechanic type stuff so so she does a lot of that a lot of requests like sponsors uh you know they'll have their their different requests and and they go to her first and then you know if if she knows you know what what I'm gonna what how to handle it she'll handle it herself if it's like you know a bigger request she'll come to me with it and say hey this is what I want to do what do you think you know, here's what I'm thinking, and then we we kind of mutually come up with a decision. But, but yeah, I mean, it's it would be a tall order to have. I mean, I I know for sure I wouldn't be able to do all of it, um, and race and compete and do all these things I do if it weren't for for uh, Kristen. Kristen, now tell us uh, what uh, basically on a daily basis uh, during the week uh, uh, prior to the year, and then during the race season, what what what's basically your day like? I guess from day to day, uh, the summer is a little bit more relaxed than the winter, obviously, since we're so busy come winter time. But day to day stuff, it, it, it really varies. I mean, we're it, it depends on if, if we're coming into a race weekend, it, we ha- I handle a lot of the stuff with the riders, with the team, letting them know where we're staying from lodging to practice times to drivers meetings stuff like that just helping them you know basically stay organized and then when it comes to each race weekend then we do have you know media PR requests stuff like that getting all of that organized and uh, figured out for the for the riders and for Levi um, come the off season a lot more stuff just you know media requests or having Levi come do an appearance or a show dealer shows stuff like that happens more uh, in the off season. Um, but now we found too, a lot, we are, even though it is our off season come summertime, we're, we're already, as soon as, as soon as the season's over with, we're already looking forward to the next year and, uh, getting our sponsor, our sponsors all figured out for the, for the following year and years to come and partnerships like that. 
and gear and our riders and our crew and getting all that stuff buttoned up is pretty much what we have to do come summertime. So there's really not a whole lot of off-season there, but um, it's it's nice to have because you, you do kind of need that break and regroup and see what you can do uh, for for better for the next season. You know, a question for both of you. Obviously, you get a lot of requests like this to come to these events and stuff like that. Do you do the scheduling uh, for this type of events, and, and how how far ahead are you booking? Yeah, yep, um, we do. We, we rely heavily on our calendar. Um, that's basically where we go to for everything, just to see what we have. And I know, actually, Levi was contacted, uh, it was two years ago, to be a part of an, an event for 2015, and we weren't, so it was, it, it had to have been 2013, and they had asked for an event for 2015, and and that was, I think, the, the furthest that we've ever booked out was two years. That was really hard because we didn't really know, you know, what to plan for two years in advance. But um, they had wanted Levi there, and he's going to be doing that event here in May. And, um, and a lot of stuff has to be booked, not, not necessarily two years in advance, but it has to be at least probably three or four months because it does book out pretty quickly. And, and a lot of shows, snowmobile shows and stuff like that, usually end in the fall. And that's where uh, the schedule books up really fast is because everyone's getting geared up for the wintertime. So. We were talking earlier today. What's it like for you in the stands during showtime? Uh, I guess for me in the stands is I, you know, I'm a fan just like everyone else. I, I definitely get a little bit more butterflies and nervous when I see Levi, you know, his turn to, to co- compete or do his part of the show. Um, but it's fun. It's being a part of being a part of the crowd and being just around other snowmobile enthusiasts is uh, is amazing. It's 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 a great vibe to be a part of. You uh, tried out the uh, the flip into the foam pit apparently once I heard. Yeah, I did not flip into the foam pit. I actually jumped into the foam pit, not on a snowmobile, but on a little dirt bike. And um, I don't think I'm going to be allowed to do it again. I I, I jumped twice. The first one I did pretty well. I thought I did well. The second one, not so good. How'd she do, do really? Right? We're seeing some nodding up in the corner. <laughs> do you want to tell the whole story? Was, I had told her, I said, all right, here's the deal. Like, the ramp is butted right up against the foam pit, so she has to jump three feet to make it into the foam. And I'm like, so all you have to do is just hit the gas. I It, it was on my little dirt bike, and in second gear, like, I, I, dumb, I dumb it up so it's like you can... The, all you have to do is hit the gas. If you hit the gas and you make it in the pit, you're fine. Like you can hold it wide open, and I know that you'll you'll run out of gear, so you can't jump over the foam pit. So all you have to do is come in and just go, and you'll be in there, and you're fine. And she comes wide open into the ramp, and as soon as she gets to the bottom of the ramp, she completely lets off. And and as she's going up the hill or up the ramp, she scrubs all of the speed off. Her speed just slows completely down where it's almost stopped. And it just lobs in there. And it was funny because as soon as the front wheel came off of the ramp, she was screaming. Ah! And I'm like, and, and, and she lobs like maybe a five-foot jump into the foam. And I'm like, oh, she made it in at least, you know? So the next one, I'm like, I'm like, remember what I told you? All you got to do is when you get to the ramp, you can come in as slow or as fast as you want. Just hit the gas all the way up the ramp. Oh, okay, okay. And she comes ripping into the ramp, and she gets right to the bottom again and lets completely off, and it goes even shorter than the first one. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. 
So I'm like, well, that's enough jumping for today. <laughs> so yeah, what? So yeah, it. I was yeah, I was done after that. Levi, I saw Levi's face and he looked nervous, and I thought I did awesome. So that so obviously I was like, yeah, I guess maybe I better park it. That was the end of that. Running running a team and a business together, there's a lot of marketing and a lot of recognition and, and, and stuff that goes on. Last night I saw the two of you riding two up in a, in a <laughs> massive snowmobile parade. It's interesting to see the response of fans to, to, to the chemistry. What's that like for you when you're meeting and greeting people? I mean, it, it's cool to, uh, you know, it's, it's cool that, you know, Kristen is, is into what we're doing, into the snowmobile stuff and, and excited, uh, excited about what we do. You know, it's, it's a, a neat thing. You know, she's done marketing and other things um, in, in, past, in, her, in her past job. And, uh, you know, to do it for, for our team and, and for myself, you know, it's kind of like our little baby, like we're, we're trying to grow this team and grow our brand and whatnot. So it's, it's really nice to, to work with her because, you know, we see eye to eye on a lot of this stuff. So, you know, and then when we get out to, um, you know, we get to events and stuff, it's always good to see, good to go out and just kind of see how other people are doing things and, and whatnot. You learn a lot from that. And like you said, you learn from the fans, you know, all the fans coming in, how people react to what you're doing is, is always fun to see. And, and it helps us, uh, you know, helps us when we go, you know, to our sponsors and say, you know, this is kind of the interactions we have with these people. And this is how we can, you know, maybe help your, your company or whatever. So it, it ends up being, um, you know, a lot of fun. And, and the whole thing, too, is like like I said, she did marketing stuff in the past, but at the same time, you know, it's ever-evolving, and you're always trying to learn, you know, so the, it's fun, or it's nice to have, uh, you know, Kristen there to bounce ideas, because I have tons of ideas, and oftentimes they're not very good ideas. <laughs> so, so. There's the dream and then there's reality. Yeah. So, and I, I've heard that from more than one pe- one person, you know, and, but, um, but at the same time, you know, it's, that's, I, I, um, I always think, you know, ideas, um, lead to, to great things. And it's just someday, you'll, some, you know, if you have 20, 20 ideas and one of them sticks, that's awesome. It's uh, you know, it's worth spitting everyone out just to see. Because sometimes, too, a bad idea, you know, someone can take that and go, it'll trigger something in their brain that goes, hey, you know, that's not going to work at all. But you know, if we did like this, it could be the greatest, greatest thing since sliced bread, you know. And you're like, oh yeah, cool. I didn't look at it that way. So you know, ideas, uh, you know, sometimes aren't great, but you know, other people hearing them sometimes triggers great things. Speaking of events, uh, you you were in a big long jump in, in San Francisco a couple years ago. San Diego, San Diego. Talk about that. Uh, that was the New Year's Eve, if I recall. Was it? Yeah. yeah. Talk about it that. Was, uh, for New Year's, it was the New Year 2012 or 2011, 2012 New Year's. So we uh, we did the Red Bull New Year No Limits, which was um, nationally televised event on ESPN and. And, uh, you know, the biggest event I've done for sure. And, you know, it was a cool, you know, to be chosen for an event like that is, is a, a real honor. And, you know, we, we were able to, um, to do that event with Red Bull. And they, uh, it was amazing because they, they go above and beyond to make things right. You know, to do everything as best as you can do it. And it was cool to be a part of that. You know, we were 
practicing and you know they would do whatever it took and you know to be um be in be there to do that with Robbie Madison and to be able to set a record was was a really cool thing but um but at the same time you know it, it was every bit of scary yeah. <laughs> you I know believe there, it was also Jay Leno, Jay Leno too or something where you yeah. yeah for that yeah I remember seeing that I did a I did a jump for Leno but but New Year's was cool you know I went to Red Bull um prior to the event you know probably a year or so before and I said yeah I'd, I'd love to try distance jumping someday you know at that time I'd I'd been doing freestyle and snowcross and they're like yeah yeah cool and and then some time went by, and they called me back, you know. But then about a year later, or better, and they're like, "Hey, you still want to, uh, you still want to do distance jump?" I'm like, "Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that'd be cool." And they're like, "What do you think about doing one in San Diego?" And I said, uh, "Well, last I checked, there isn't a lot of snow there." <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah, yeah, I know it, uh, but you can run on astroturf, can't you?" I'm like, "Yeah, we do for freestyle." And they're like, "Okay, cool." So then. The whole idea started, and then we started troubleshooting, like how how it would go, what we would do, because you know the sled obviously relies on snow to keep it cool, and you know we wouldn't have any kind of any snow or anything like that to keep it cool, so we had to overcome that that situation and, and figure it all out. And uh, you know it it um, really says a lot about the crew. Uh, you know the, my crew chief Glenn Kafka, and, and we had Rick Bates from Polaris and. And all the sponsors that helped out doing that, you know, Polaris, they spent, they spent, uh, five months, I think they had Rick Bates on the dyno building this, the motor for that sled and, and, um, you know, and then Mystic, uh, Mystic Lubricants coming on and helping us out, you know, just trying to make sure every detail was, was spot on with, with, you know, every, everything that we had with the engine, with, with the components, making sure everything was good, you know, it, it really, um, that really helped and, and obviously Red Bull just every detail being spot on it's just it really you know like I, I joke about the distance jump because you know we were able to break a world record and we were, we were the first um, first you know vehicle to jump over 400 feet and which is pretty cool you know like dirt bikes have always led the charge and distance jumping and to, to be the first to go over 400 feet was a pretty cool cool thing uh, but at the same time you know you can find any knucklehead to hold the throttle wide open and hit a jump, you know, to get a sled to go 111 mile an hour and take an impact like it did, you know, that, that takes, you know, some great mechanics, great engineers, great people. And, um, you know, that's why, that's why it worked. That's why it happened. And, and it went, you know, it, it, we were able to go as big as we did was, so that's the speed you had to do is 111. You calculated Really? Yeah, 111 yeah. mile an hour was what we were going, and they had radar from behind, uh, or they had radar at the at the event, and I was going 111 when I hit the ramp, and that was the fastest, uh, the fastest I'd hit or I had gone in all of our practice jumps and anything it was 111. What, so were you, what, were like, you, what were you thinking? Yeah. When you, what when you, you do you with that much hang time? Yeah. <laughs> do you text or do a selfie? <laughs> no, it was. You know, I wish I was. I wish I was more comfortable up there because Robbie Madison was jumping the dirt bike right next to me, and he was just ahead of me. And I mean, it would have been amazing to look over and be like, "Whoa, the dirt bike fly through the air!" You know, joining me on this flight. But I was just focusing on point a to point b i'm jumping from here to there just get there and we're gonna be in good shape but but yeah it was a it was a scary one you know going that fast 
you know, you you rip across a field or a lake at 100 mile an hour, and you're like, wow, I'm really ripping. But when you're looking at a 90 foot long ramp at the end of it, you start thinking like, what am I doing? Is this a good idea? <laughs> so, you, you you talked about the uh, hang time there and control. We're here at, at our freestyle event. If you could just comment about the ability to finesse a sled in the air, upside down, sideways, how you get up there and you got all these little bit that you can do that the fans may not see. Yeah. But you're you're doing a lot of work up there in that in those seconds. Well, there's a lot of a uh, lot of different things, you know, finessing the sled around, moving the sled around. You know, you got a big a big machine that you're flying through the air and and uh, you know the the track is very helpful. You know, it it really helps you bring the front end up and and bring it down. You know, if you hit the brake, front end comes down. Hit the gas, it helps bring the front end up. Uh, but the the problem you have is like left to right in the sled, like twisting, like. You know, if the back end starts coming around to the, the side, either left or right, you know, it's harder to pull it back. Where a dirt bike, you know, you have a little bit easier time. If it gets whipped out, you can pull it back. With a sled, it's it's a lot harder to do. And, uh, you know, for distance jumping, uh, you're hitting everything so fast. Uh, if, you, if it starts to go sideways, you know, you're going over 100 mile an hour. You just you got your fingers crossed like, well, I hope this... I hope I ride out of it. And the sled does. They they ride out. You can land, you know, a little bit sideways and it'll straighten out for you. But um, the hard thing is if it's leaning left or right, if you land, like, hard on one ski or the other, it really, like, kind of jerks you around then. And when we were distance jumping, um, it took a little bit of, of suspension calibration to get it right because at first we had, uh, it was actually, like, kind of, the rebound was too fast in the rear suspension. It was kind of like double kissing the lip. So it would kind of come in and compress and then it would unload and then it would come, it would hit the top and, and kick out and it was causing the sled to kind of whip out sideways. So we slowed it down and, and so it just kind of settled into that ramp the whole way through and it, it cured our problem. But but um, yeah, it was there was a few jumps early on that were a little bit scarier. And you know, fortunately we were doing shorter distance but um, you know, if we would have been going long right away, it would have um, it wouldn't have ended pretty. I know that. You've seen a lot of change in the sleds. You mentioned earlier the XCRs and then moving up and yeah. the edge and the IQ. Uh, I, I, you know, you would never think. I think at one point that the the, the sled you're on, the, the newest race sled, four years later, you look back and say, "Wow, I can't do today what I did then." Yeah. Looking at freestyle and snowcross, did the the sport change the sleds, or did the sled change the sport? I I mean, I think a little bit of both. I think like once. You know, when I remember, I remember having a, a 98 XCR 440, and I, I remember like thinking, this is the, the, the best sled ever. Like, this is amazing. And it, at the time, it was. It was, it was incredible. You know, it was, it was, it was a 440, but it was still super fast, and it took the bumps like no other. And, you know, I still have that sled, and I go back and look at it, and I go, I can't believe we were doing anything on that. We were jumping this thing. Like, it, it's changed so much. And I think because of the sled changes, uh, we've been, you. it opened it up so we could do all these different things. You know, the, the freestyle, the, the snowcross. I mean, in snowcross, you are pounding that sled so hard. And, I mean, the, the older sleds, they wouldn't be able to take that kind of abuse. Where, you know, and I think that's what's kind of, it's been a, a two-way street. You know, the sleds have definitely helped the, the sport uh, and the riders progress and do different things. But at the same time, I think 
you know, as as snowcross started coming around and getting more popular, the sled, you know, had to adapt. They had to start making stuff heavier duty. They started to have, you know, more suspension, stiffer suspension, so that it could handle uh, snowcross condition. Where early on, you know, I, I watched a video from, I have an old video from 97, and the snowcross track is like, I mean, it's pretty flat. There was like three jumps they built, and, and you know, the rest of it was just kind of wide open, more cross-country-like. And then as time went on, then they started making like, you know, better suspension, heavier duty, and all that. So I think they both kind of, you know, the riders have pushed things, and the sleds, because they're built so strong and so um, so uh, specific for you know that type of condition, you know that's allowed the riders to keep pushing. So it's a uh, it's been pretty neat to see. You were talking earlier about uh, racing in sport class. There's a there's a phrase rubbing is racing, <laughs> and in sport they take rubbing to a whole new level. If you could comment about rider respect as you move from sport to, to semi pro and pro, the respect that the rider rider racers have for each other on the track. Yeah, I mean I think early on when you're in the sport class, a lot of times in the sport class it's it's young guys and they're you know they're they have they don't have a lot of experience and so and you haven't raced with these guys very much. So the problem is is you're you're racing with someone that you really don't know what they're going to do and, and and vice versa. They don't know what you're going to do. And um, and you don't have enough experience to kind of know, like, this is what typically happens in this situation. You know, if I run it in on the inside on someone, I'm most likely, if they cut across, it's I'm going to hit my ski and tip over. So you don't have that experience yet. And that's what makes the sport class so crazy because... You're, you're out there kind of rolling the dice the whole time. But as you go further along and you start, you know, by the time you get to the pro class or whatever, you've, you've typically raced with these guys for, for quite a few years coming up through the ranks. And, and also, if there's a new guy coming in, if you've been in the pro class for a long time, the new guys kind of, they know the program and or they'll figure it out in a hurry, like in the first couple races. Because the pro guys, like, you all kind of, y'all, for the most part, ride pretty respectful to each other. And if a new guy comes in and is a little bit ramrody and slamming into him, you know, the the pros are experienced enough where, you know, they'll let them know. Like, you better knock it off by either cleaning them out a couple times. Not cleaning them out, but you come in and just, like, either you'll ride them over a berm or you'll chop a ski on them so they tip over. And, and, and that's kind of like... You know, if you're going to ride like the way you are, we're going to give it right back to you. So you either clean up or we can continue to punch you over the berm. It's up to you. <laughs> you're, you're, you're a team owner now. Are, are you looking at riders for the future, like in the sport class and, uh, and semi-pro riders? Absolutely. We have, uh, we're actually working with three, uh, there's two sport guys and a junior rider we're working with right now that are coming up through the ranks. And, and you know, that's that's the thing is you're always kind of looking you know, for us, it's it's really fun just to help those guys out, the younger riders, because, like, we we can, one, help them kind of progress. And for me, I really enjoy working with the riders just because I've been through so many different things, you know. And, and I never had, uh, I didn't have, like, a, you know, somebody that kind like of mentored coach. me. I didn't have a coach or anything, so I had to learn everything the, the hard way, which resulted in a lot of injuries and a lot of different things like that. But... You know, it's really nice now having our pro riders, and I've worked very close with them. And you know, to see uh, you know guys like Kyle Pauline go out and, and get his first national win, and 
and be on the podium and, and all these different things, it's uh, really rewarding for me just because it's, you know, you you feel like, hey, I had a little part in that, in his success. So it's it's very cool to see that. And, and um, you know, the younger riders are are so green. They, they have, you know, they're missing so much knowledge. You know, the you, you have to go really far back and go, okay, now it's like, you know, you start really low as far as like what you're telling them where with Kyle, you know, to get to the point where to get to the pro class, you know, he learned a lot of different things. And now it's like fine tuning, like this is what helped me, you know, to get just this little bit better. Where with the, the sport guys, you're like, all right, so if you do this, you're not going to be on your head every race. You know, you're telling them the big, the big chunks. So, who are the young riders you're working with now? Uh, right now, we're working with Adam Peterson, who's a junior rider, and um, there's um, drawing a blank, Evan Doubt and Aaron Remter. Yeah, other names. So, if if you could comment about the relationship between fellow racers <laughs> on snowcross. Then the relationship when you're competing in freestyle, and then here where it's a full out show and <laughs> there's no points. It's all. What, what's the relationship yeah. like with the other other riders? The the relationship with the riders in racing, uh, in racing, there everybody kind of keeps <laughs> themselves. You don't you, you you know you don't give anybody any information. You know because at the end of the day, that's like you're trying to find every little edge, every little bit, and the last thing you want to do is say, hey. This is how you go five mile an hour faster. You want to go two seconds quicker on that turn? Do it like this. You know the last thing you want to do is do that because then you're you're giving them uh you know the way the way to beat you. So everybody stays really tight lipped and and keep to themselves in racing. Uh, you know everyone gets along. You know when it's not race time and you're not competing or you're not talking race stuff. You know everyone gets along real real nice. But but in freestyle it's different. You know you, you can see. A little bit more of that at X Games because um, everyone's competing to win medals and and things like that. So everyone kind of is a little bit more uptight at X Games and freestyle. But you know when you're doing shows, um, you know everybody's just having fun. You know it's it's really cool. They're uh, you know people the freestyle guys they're they're so excited even at X Games. They're you know if you're doing a big trick or something new. You know they're as excited as you are about it, just because you're like they they know how much time and how much work goes into learning these tricks and and trying something new. So there's just like that mutual respect that hey that guy he's sending it and that's pretty cool. You know. I asked you and I asked the other riders this afternoon, what's it like the first time you're upside down? First time uh, flipping is a little bit different. <laughs> you get it's funny because. Um, it's I, I anybody that says it's not scary the first time is lying to you because you go out there and and I remember first time I flipped you're like sweating bullets and you're like okay I just gotta remember like pull and spot it around and and it'll work but there's so much fear you know oftentimes that's what gets in the way and and uh, blocks you from you know thinking about the task at hand you're just more worried about the fear. And, um, you know, sometimes people struggle to get, uh, struggle to do that. And that's when you see them crash. But, you know, once, once you do your first flip, it's like a huge weight off your shoulders. And then it's like from that point forward, they just keep getting easier and easier. The, uh, the, the X Games and the national racing circuit that you're, that you're racing on, what, 
if, you, if, if, if there's one race that, that really you, you want your, you want to win or your team wants to win, what is it? What, 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 what do you... I mean, X Games for sure. X Games, yeah. is, you want to win that race because it's uh, the biggest race, you know, seen by the most people. And, and um, you know, you, you definitely want to win that one. But uh, as far as nationals go... You know, there's a few uh, there's a few big ones like Duluth is our first race. There's always a lot of hype around Duluth, uh, but at the same time, you know, I I've, I've blown my knee out at Duluth, so I tell the riders, I said, don't don't worry about winning this one, just get through this one. And you know, because you come in, you know, you want to go and and make a mark and you know say I'm I'm coming out swinging this year, and you you might try too hard and you end up getting hurt. And then you're out for the season. So I just tell them, like, just make it through Duluth from there. Then we'll start talking about trying to get up there. But um, Duluth's a big one. Canterbury, uh, another big one. Lake Geneva there. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, now all of our nationals are getting pretty big. And, uh, you know, so to win any of them is, is um, a pretty big deal. You, so you got your first win. Uh, uh, Kyle's got his first uh win this year. What uh, what event was that? Uh, it was at Canterbury. Yeah. So Kyle got that the win was at big Canterbury. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. It was a huge crowd of people, and and you know he uh, he ripped a great hole shot, battled with Ross Martin a little bit right off the start, and was able to uh, to pull away from Ross and uh, take it take the win, which was it was pretty cool, you know. And and with Tucker, he had uh, he had a, a mid pack start and was working his way through the pack, and you know Kyle just he was able to pull pull out and, and hang on, which was pretty cool. Yeah, I remember his beaming smile <laughs> when, when he won that event. Uh, you must have been ecstatic. I, I was. I was so excited for Kyle. And, you know, because the thing that, you know, people don't see is the work behind the scenes, you know, how much, I mean, there's so many calls and so many times that Kyle and I are talking about, you know, doing these different things and trying different things to try to get faster. And, and for me, like, I'm always telling him, like, this is, you got to try to do this better. Yeah, you know, different, just the way he runs his program. And I'm like, this is what's helped me in the past. This is, you know, try this. And, and there's been so much time invested into this. And uh, to see him to get that win, uh, you know, it was uh, it was pretty cool. I had, like, the proud parent yeah. moment there. And I was up announcing that race. And I literally, he crossed the finish line, and I took the headset, and I threw it, and I took off running. And I ran at Canterbury. They have, it's like four stories or something. And we were all the way at the top. And I, I run down the stairs and, and I couldn't figure out how to get out of the building. And I'm running up and down stairs left and right. And people are looking at me like, what are you doing? And yeah. I finally was able to get out uh, a side door. And I jumped a fence and <laughs> ran in there into the uh, where the podium was. But um, yeah, it was, it was a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool moment. Kirsten, what kind of stories do you got? Good stories for the, the, this year. Oh, oh gosh, I don't know. From this year, I think I don't know. I think our biggest change to our team and to our lives is that we had a daughter this year um, in October. She's so she's four months old right now, and this is actually our first event that she's not with us. Um, so that's different for both of us. But that that I think changed. You know, a lot for us. I'm not at every race like I have been in the past. Um, she came out to X Games with us, which was, which she did great. She she flew out there with me, and uh, she was a good traveler for that. And so that area of our lives has changed a lot um, because now it's not 
just us. We're not just mm. focusing on on the two of us and and me, you know, me focusing more on Levi and his career and um now things have shifted, shifted I think for the better. And uh so I think that's been the biggest thing for us and uh the second or maybe maybe uh the second biggest thing for us would be Levi not racing a full full series, not racing the ISOC nationals and so that was real different for us to coming into the very first race, kind of bittersweet a little bit, not having him race and just announce. And um, so that was another big change. So I don't know. It's been good, though. The child changes things, the way you see each other? Yeah, I, I mean, I think so, for sure. She she really has, um, from from day one, since she, since she came into this world, and um, it's been, it's really been amazing does it change your attitude Levi I mean I think you know I've always tried to uh I've always tried to like think about you know how to do things in the in the best manner is like for freestyle and stuff I'm always you know trying to think of like okay this is the you know I have a plan and this is how I'm gonna execute and and this is if something goes wrong how I'm gonna go get out of it and you know i always try to have a plan instead of just winging it and go for it because that's how you know obviously you get injured and and things go wrong so i just i think i i focus even more on on that aspect just trying to make sure that every you know every uh i is dotted and t is crossed just to make sure that um you know i can do everything i can to prevent any any issue as far as like when i'm competing or riding or doing anything like that but um, yeah, I mean, it's it's been definitely a, a life changing thing having a daughter, and and it's uh, like Kristen said, it's it's for the better. You know, it's a very cool to to go back. You know, I I work uh, quite a bit during the day and getting everything going and riding, and it's uh, amazing how excited I am to go home just to see her. So. Yeah. Cool. Will she be able? To, will she be allowed to go down the ramp in second gear? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, she does a little bit better than Kristen at jumping into the foam pit. So you got a, you got a couple events coming up. You got Chicago coming up now uh, on, on the national circuit. Uh, the season's winding down. How are you guys making out in points? Uh, right now, Kyle is sitting third in points. He was in second until this last weekend. I think he's uh, only a point two out of second. Yeah, it's it's, it's all actually yeah, pretty close. Top yeah. five is actually all real close. So. They're all real close. Uh, excuse me. He um, he's been riding really strong and and uh, you know it's been fun. It's like he he told me though. He said you know I'm going out there to win. You know I'm not like you know he's had a couple races where he's crashed because of it, and he's like I'm going there to win. I don't want to. I don't want to just go, I'm going to get a podium or anything like that. And I said, you know, at this stage in his career where he's, you know, he's still young. And I said, that's how you figure out, that's where you get your speed. As you're going for the win, you're going to make these mistakes, you're going to crash. Uh, but at the same time, I think that's going to pay off for him in the, in the end. You know, because he's getting that speed and he's getting, he's riding that, riding that edge. And, um, you know, if he just settled into to like a, a the podium spot or something like that, you know, he would uh, you know never be able to catch a rider like Tucker, uh, where Tucker's on a he's on a different different level than the rest of the riders, and Kyle really wants to try to get to that level, and um, he knows he can't do it if he's if he's content with with second and third. 
Yeah. Um, you mentioned uh, Tucker. He's, 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 I guess he's got a pretty good point lead. What do you think you have to do to get up to that, to, to get up to Tucker and, and, and battle? I mean, you got, I mean, the players have been getting fantastic starts all year. Mm-hmm. You know, you've been leading, and then Tucker just seems to come up through the pack, and, and, and then, you know, the, the race is over. Yeah. I think what, what can Kyle do just to get up there, stay up there, and, and hold him off and battle him? It's a, I mean, it's a tough task in, you know, any of the races in the last few years, Tucker has just been um, unstoppable. And, and, you know, for, for Kyle to, to get up there, there's a, there's a few different things. I mean, he's, it's a lot of it is his program. Just, you got to just fine tune every detail of your program from the time you get up to the time you go to bed is you just got to be better at everything, (laughs) everything. Uh, and that's that's where Tucker has, uh, you know, he's had a lot of experience and he's gained a lot of experience from from his his dad Kirk racing at a at a top level for so many years. You know, taking all that experience that Kirk had and then you know combining that with what Tucker's learned over the last you know over his race career. You know, that's um, that's I think one of the biggest reasons why Tucker is as successful as he is and. You know, he's super talented as well. You know, he's talented and he puts in the work and they've got all kinds of uh, all kinds of knowledge and, and that's where you know, where we're trying to we're trying to figure that stuff out. We're trying to get uh, you know, tidy up our program a little bit. There's some things that we could do better and uh, you know, that's what we're trying to address. We're trying to get better at those things and, and just keep uh, you know, keep trying different things until something clicks and uh, you know hopefully that comes sooner than later yeah okay so uh, we'll wrap it up here but uh talk to us uh, your sponsors yeah operate your program yeah our our sponsors are are huge you know like mystic lubricants uh loctite polaris uh fox shocks fxr think woody's you know and obviously red bull for myself shoy helmets oakley all those guys they're they're the reason we can do this, you know, it's, uh, they're, they, with their support and their help, that's what allows us to do this at the highest level. And, um, you know, that's, it's a, it's a huge thing. And we're very grateful that to be partnered up with such, uh, such amazing companies. And, and, um, you know, that's, uh, that's, what's really hard is like, you know, you get, uh, you know, sometimes a guy will get a sponsor or whatever and it's like oh that's cool it's great but the 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 group of partners that we have right now are all they all have the same vision they all have they all want to be at top they want to do everything so they're they have the same vision as us and they're trying to do everything they can to help us get there and um you know you can see as time has gone on we've got you know better results better better hole shots you know things are going better and and um, you know a lot of it is is due to all that support they give us. Okay, great. So where can people contact you uh, uh, through uh, website, social media? Yeah, I mean we have uh, teamlavalley.com as all of our all of the all of our information on there, as well as you know our social media. We have we're, we do uh, we we try our best to to keep that updated. You know, daily if not uh, if not more. You know, there's. Um, Levi the Valley, what is it? Levi the Valley fan page on Facebook, and um, there's Levi underscore uh, La Valley on Twitter and Instagram, as well as Team La Valley on uh, Facebook and Team underscore La Valley on Instagram and 
and Timo Valley on Twitter. So there's there's so many different ways to uh, to see what we're doing, and you know we're we're always doing different things on social media, whether it's you know basically giving a glimpse of 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 my life and of the team's life, what we're doing the, with tricks, with jumps, with you know schedule and on top of that we you know we'll do we're giving away fun giveaways yeah we're giving away some oakley sunglasses before and and goggles and we gave a team coat away and you know so there's always something fun so definitely go check out our social media so what does uh levi and kirsten do uh when you're not racing for for (laughs) we're planning (laughs) for the next year racing no when we're out having fun i mean during you know the winter time obviously is very busy but um we I, gosh, what was it, two years ago, three years ago? Three years ago, we got some trail sleds again, which I haven't had a trail sled since, since 98, you know, and that's when I kind of racing all took over, and, um, you know, going on trail riding in the winter was, it was amazing, like, it, it took me from, you know, like, racing has been, you know, it's been my job or whatever, and riding sleds, I still love riding my sled, but, you know, when you're pounding lap after lap after lap on the same track for month after month, you know, it it gets a little bit a little bit repetitive, and you're kind of like, well, you know, this is it is what it is. But going on trail riding, it, it brought that that whole it was like full circle. I went right back to when I was a little kid when when I became passionate about snowmobiling. Have you got a favorite spot to go snowmobiling? Uh you know, I, typically I just ride around home right now, just because uh, because I got to kind of stay stay put because we're so busy, but. You know, there I've been fortunate enough to ride uh, ride a couple different places. I went out to Wyoming and rode with um, Dan Adams at the the Next Level Clinic that he does, and then I got to ride in Alaska a few few times. But that was like I was filming, so it was like jumping and doing crazy stuff. But um, you know, to be honest, I I I like going ditch banging. I like jumping road approaches like I did when I was a kid. Like I still like doing that, but. Um, trail riding, you know, Michigan and stuff. They got really good riding there, and and uh, you know, there's there's a lot of places I haven't, I that are awesome that I haven't been able to ride, um, you know, that I hope to here as as my race career kind of slows down a little bit. You know, I was I was just thinking in my head, I rode out in Maine and Vermont, which was awesome riding out there too. So so hopefully I can find all these different cool riding spots as time goes on and have a little bit better idea of what what is the best place to go ride. I, I never thought you'd look so at home as you did last night on a two-up sled adjusting the <laughs> mirrors. I, I couldn't believe that was you. You were just right in the zone. Yeah, it was, that was my first time riding a two-up sled. And uh, you know, believe it or not, you know, so I had Kristen on the back with me. And I said, hey, are, are your hand warmers working? Because you had hand warmers yeah. on her little grips on the back. And uh, we got done riding, you know, riding the, uh, the world record one there. And I, I pulled... I pulled over and as we or when we got back to the room, I said, "You know what? I think I'm going to get a two up next year." <laughs> so, so we we get a you know I I have a, a handful of of trail sleds and um, you know I have like I have the you know a bunch of the new Axis sleds and all you know really nice sleds. Uh, but I was like thinking, I'm like, you know what? It'd be cool to have a two up just for you know anybody anybody that wants to go you know if they're like a little bit nervous About to go ride yeah they yeah. could go because i've got a lot of friends that you know we all go riding on my sleds and i'm like you know what? i wouldn't mind having one just 
for someone that didn't want to do that. They just wanted to go for the ride, but didn't want to go actually drive it. So. And, when, and when they're comfortable, down the ramp to the foam pit. Yeah, and then yeah. <laughs> once they get down <laughs> in, it, send them in the pit. Your, da- your daughter's going to need a 120, uh, I guess, in a couple years, too. Yeah, so. yeah so. that's coming yeah. up quick. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, uh, that's great, uh, Levi and Kirsten. I really appreciate your time uh, talking with us. Uh, uh, it's, it was great uh, meeting you here in, uh, in Whitecourt, Alberta, and uh, hope you make it up to uh, Canada some more and, uh, and come, uh, come out east and come to Ontario, and, uh, and uh, we'll show you some good trails out there. Absolutely. I'm going to take you up on that. So. Oh, well, I'd love, love to have you. Love awesome. Have you. Well, thank you so. very much. Uh, first question, what's, what's life like on the road? Oh, yeah. Life on the road is actually, it's pretty fun. I mean, there's not that many people that get to, you know, be a part of what I get to do. Um, we're busy. We've got a race team. So we've got uh, three pro riders under Team La Valley. And so we're on the move from Thanksgiving weekend, which in, in the U.S., which is the last weekend in November, through about mid-March. So we're on the road almost every weekend. It must be neat as a, as a married couple to work together like this on the road. Yeah, it's actually amazing to be able to be a part of uh, something that my husband's so passionate about, um, snowmobiling. And uh, for me to be a part of it, I do all of marketing and PR for the team, and, it, and it's just great. I feel really, really lucky and really blessed to be able to be, you know, so involved. What do you do during the show? What's it like to, to step back, both be a, a wife and a spectator? Yeah, it is. It's a little bit different, I guess, being a, a wife uh, and a, as a spectator as well, watching my husband doing what he does. And uh, it's pretty cool because then I'm be, I get to be able to be a part of everything and get to root him on just like a, just like a fan would. So. Do you get to have those moments where you say, that's my guy up there? <laughs> uh, I guess I do a little bit. Uh, sometimes when, you know, big events or if it's a really cool trick or something that he does, I think I think the biggest moment for me is when you hear the fans and just hear them say that they're a fan of Levi, stuff like that. It's, it's really cool and really humbling. What's, what's a day like for you, for you as a couple and you as an individual? You work together and then you got to do your thing at, during the show. Yeah, uh, so I guess, yeah, there's a little bit of both. We, I, since we do work, I do work for the team uh, and also the wife of Levi. So um, a li- I guess there's a little bit of both. I play two different sides of the world there where um, I have to, I guess, be the wife and then also be uh, marketing and PR for him. So it's just two different hats. So that's basically how it is for me, a little bit of both. So you stick with the marketing, he sticks with the jumping. You guys haven't tried to change that around? No, yeah, I definitely don't want to do any of the jumping. I have jumped into our foam pit before, but that not on a snowmobile, on a dirt bike. And I think I scared Levi more than I scared myself. <laughs> What's it like for you when you're looking up and down and seeing all the fans just loving the show? Yeah, when, when the fans light up and they get to, you know, and they're having a great time and they're out there cheering on, you know, Levi and all the other riders, it's, it's the best part and that's why they do it. Anything you'd like to add? Uh, I think so. <laughs> I'm good. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you very yeah. much. Mm-hmm. And that was great to see you two together last day. Oh, 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 so it that was, was really cool. Yeah. yeah that concludes this episode of Snowblind Podcast. Remember, you can uh, find uh, this uh, episode and other episodes uh, on uh, the uh, iTunes uh, podcast page. Just search Snowblind Podcast. And all the uh, past episodes are on there. And also, uh, you can uh, find us on SoundCloud. And you can follow us on SoundCloud. And that will subscribe you to uh, future episodes. And all of the other past episodes are on there. And uh, check out uh, these episodes on the Snowflake Podcast Facebook page. Again, all the episodes are on there. And uh, if, you, if you like this podcast, share it with your friends, your uh, snowmobile clubs, uh, uh, your, uh, your friends, if, if, they, if they like Levi and uh, 
you know, for sure. Uh, just uh, send it uh, to uh, to your friends. If you want to contact me, you can contact me at snowmobilingpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you soon.